over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshall still fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall, 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace and Millard out at T-Mobile Arena. It's game night. Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the What a night in store at T-Mobile Arena as the San Jose Sharks come into town and there's storyline after storyline. From the Vegas Golden Knights side, six wins in a row. Trying to break that first place tie with the Colorado Avalanche atop the West Division. On the San Jose bench, you have Patrick Marlowe about to become the all-time leader in games played in National Hockey League history. But with all due respect, the storyline that I want to focus on out of the gate involves the potential of one Jonathan Marchessault passing Ryan Reeves for the franchise lead in penalty minutes tonight. <laughs> it can happen. <laughs> Believe it or not, it can happen. If, if Marchessault takes a penalty, he will pass Reeves for having the most pims in Golden Knights history. Where in, in the grand scheme of things, uh-huh. in your wide scope that you look at the world, yes. did you think that that would be my opening salvo? Um. Well, I'm not terribly surprised now that I've heard it. Um, the only question I have is, is Jonathan Marcheseau a pregame interview for you? Because if you plant He's, that seed, yes. it's likely going to happen. And you're going to make yourself out to be this great prognosticator. But I think it's just you kind of planting the seed a little oh, bit. Oh, here's other good news then. Uh, oh, okay. I don't have to run for the pregame interviews uh, anymore. Stormy's uh, back and she's doing her... Uh, beautiful job. Nobody's better at it than, than Starney Bonatoni. So I, uh, with uh, like the Montreal Canadiens of pledge, with failing hands, I pass the torch. Uh-huh. I pass the torch back to uh, to Stormy Bonatoni. So That's she will honor. be gathering our uh, pregame interview if she hasn't already, and uh, that'll be part of the broadcast, which will have that split focus between what's going so great for the Vegas Golden Knights right now and running the table through Southern California and a six-game winning streak and this Patrick Marlowe story that will have the entire hockey world focused on the city of Las Vegas tonight. Now, this record, Ryan, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a little perspective okay. before we get into the Golden Knights, but just a primer for the, for the second hour of the VGK Insider Show. This record that Gordy Howe will surrender tonight has been in place since 1961. <laughs> it was uh, established in his 1,000th game. Pretty interesting. That was he was the first player to ever play in 1,000 games in the National wow. Hockey League. 1961, the population of Las Vegas was just over 100,000 people in 1961. <laughs> the last time this record was broken tonight, when Patrick Marlowe replaces Gordy Howe atop the all-time games played list, the metro population of Las Vegas is 2.7 million. Just a little bit has changed uh, in the hockey world and our sweet little town. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely puts it in perspective a little bit more. I mean, listen, 
this is something that I didn't actually think I'd see. I didn't think I'd see someone break this record, let alone be in the building for it. I'm jazzed. I'm excited. I cannot wait for this game to get going because I just it's going to be an electric night and it's mm -hmm. going to be a night that obviously honors Patrick Marlowe. It also honors Gordie Howe and everything that he's done and meant to this sport. And I think it's just going to be a fantastic night of hockey between San Jose and Vegas. We'll give you an idea of what's going to take place in arena, whether you're listening or watching uh, the game tonight, uh, what uh, will transpire. Because when you break a record like this, uh, there's uh, plenty of pomp and ceremony that will go into it. And the game will be paused for just a little bit. But on the Golden Knights side, focusing on the task at hand, they have won six in a row to pull into a tie with the Colorado Avalanche atop the Honda West Division. Colorado is shut down until at least Thursday. No guarantee that they'll be back for Thursday night's game, but there's positive news that nobody else has been added to the COVID list uh, on the Avalanche squad. So I'm cautiously optimistic mm -hmm. that the Avalanche uh, pause won't spill into something like we saw with the, with the Vancouver Canucks. In the time span that the Vegas Golden Knights are, are playing right now with Colorado shut down, there's four games. They've, they've won the first two. Mm -hmm. Can they keep the run going and win a seventh, win an eighth game, and give themselves a bit of a, a number for the Colorado Avalanche to have to chase when they come back? I mean, that's the goal, right? Like, mm -hmm. if you're the Golden Knights and you look at this this break in the schedule and, and you look at the Arizonas and the Anaheims and the L.A.s and now San Jose, a team that you have dominated in terms of wins and losses this year, this is just a part of the schedule that the Golden Knights can use to their advantage and, and really bank some points. With Colorado out, it's important to do it, but you have to do it anyway. You can only control what you can control. It, 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 the games that Colorado's missing will be made up. They've still got that lead on you when you consider the game in hand that the Golden Knights had. That all being said, you got to win your games. Mm -hmm. And for the Golden Knights right now on the run that they're on, just continue to go about your business. Continue to tune up as you head toward the playoffs. Continue to bank these points. It's about posting a number. Mm -hmm. It's why in the shootout, and you're the home team, you always elect to go first because you want to score and give somebody something to chase. Why in golf, when you have the honors, you go first. You don't wait for somebody to tee off. Uh, you, have, you have that privilege. It's what you want to do. They are first right now. They can post the number and leave the avalanche to come back off their paws and have to meet that excellence, which the Vegas Golden Knights have. Six in a row. That matches a season-high winning streak for the Golden Knights. It's the longest active winning streak in the National Hockey League. And here's just a little tidbit. For you. I, I learned this tonight I, walking I into the rink. Bits. Yeah, th this, is, this is awesome. Dakota gave me this today. Not a Timbit, Tidbit. I said Tidbit. Okay. I, I said I love, no, I mean, I love Timbits too, but I, I like, love my Timbits. I, I love well. Tidbits. Uh, tidbit here from Dakota. <laughs> gave me this when I was grabbing my accreditation from the VGK communication staff. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about mm, beaver sprinkles. tails right now. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights win tonight. Seven straight wins in a row. Yeah. It will be the fifth seven-game winning streak in franchise history. All right? Yeah. There's more. There's more. That's not it. I can tell that you're not exactly blown away right now. You're unimpressed. Didn't you're floor like, me. Nope. That would be five seven-game winning streaks in franchise history. Mm -hmm. In how many years? 
That'd be four years. Four years. Mm -hmm. Three and change. But it's a lot of change because we're close to the end of the season. Right. The Dallas Stars, they have had five seven-game winning streaks in 50 years. <laughs> That's how great this franchise has been from the very start. Yeah. So there's there's a tidbit for you. Did, a, did I deliver a little bit on it? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, not bad. When oh, you're comparing well Dallas Stars, they've won a cup. Yeah. They've been to some finals. I, I mean, I, I don't get surprised at how good this team has been because it's just been the standard from year one, mm -hmm. right? Like, they've just been able to build and grow and continue to, to execute at that level. And I think that's kind of where I'm at right now with the Golden Knights in terms of execution of the game plan, in terms of going about their business and doing exactly what they need to do to take over games. That's what's impressed me most about this six-game win streak for the Golden Knights. None of these results... It, it, as, as I'm watching, have ever been in question. They have been so good over this six-game stretch, and it's not just offensively, it's defensively too. No doubters, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, being outshot by Anaheim yesterday was a rare occurrence in, in what we've witnessed through this run. It's a, it's a soft part of the schedule. Yep. I'm not going to deny that. These are games that you should be able to, or a stretch that you should be able to rack up significant points. It's also one where they were scuffling coming in and you have to avoid what you experienced against the St. Louis's and the Colorado's and the Minnesota's from carrying over. They've done that. And by large point, there's, there's been by committee on the back end. Mm -hmm. uh, they have also, though, received a surge of power from that top line who through that that run in Southern California, they were unbelievable. Uh, with milestones like Max Pacioretty, speed from Chandler Stevenson, and just flat-out, full-on production from Mark Stone. Third star of the week. Yes. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think that we, we kind of look at this season and we look at how dominant that line was until they went into that, that period of time where there wasn't any production or wasn't the production you were looking for. And... You know, you'll take uh, in a 56-game season where everything has just been so much uh, hockey, so much hockey, so much condensed schedule that you're going to have periods of time where you're just not able to produce. You're, you're, whether you're tired mentally or, or physically drained, it's just not there. But right now, that line is going and going in the, in the direction that the Golden Knights need it to go down the stretch to get ready for the playoffs. You need that line clicking on all cylinders, and that's where they're at right now. Who's going the best right now, do you think? I mean, Mark Stone's been so good, right? Like, he, he's just been so consistent now with the production. Um, Max Pacioretty's been kind of making, making all the plays. And, and it's just it, it's hard to pick out one guy on that line. Chandler Stevenson's been so productive. Exactly. Like, they, they've been a, a triple threat every single time they're on the ice. Pacioretty with that backhand flip. He scored on Jonathan Quick, yeah. but then he started the play that Chandler Stevenson scored in the breakaway uh, the other night. Yeah. He's got that going. Stevenson's flying yeah. and uh, could have even more. I asked him the other day, would he rather have the breakaway in-game or the penalty shot? It's rare that you have a chance to ask somebody who's <laughs> just been through it because he had the, the penalty shot uh, after John Gibson flung the lumber the other night. He said the breakaway. Like yeah, just yeah. He, he can use his speed uh, mm -hmm. a little bit more, less thinking, more reaction, just go in, 
uh, and and the penalty shot uh, of sort of takes away a couple of his advantages. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Like when when you're you know, when you got the breakaway within the parameters of a game, you just kind of go. You don't overthink the situation. You don't overthink the moment. And he's and coming there, so fast. And there isn't that buildup. Like, yeah. you, you you pause, everything kind of resets itself. And then all of a sudden, you get in your own head. Like, I understand that 100%. If, if I'm coming down, uh, if I'm playing against you, I, I think I want the breakaway in a game for sure. Yeah? Probably. I won't score on either one, but, you know. Would you be like Shane Noddy and just run right through me? Like, pretend mm. you caught an edge? And a, just flatten it, me into the back of the net. It depends on what you did to me that week. That shouldn't matter. No, it does. Really? It would. Like yeah. you're a moment-to-moment type person? I, I mean, I like to live in the moment, so yeah, probably. This, like, may, su- this may surprise you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it matters with Shane. He was just plain old flatten me into the back of the I net. I mean, I can understand that, too. You, yeah. you've, you spend a lot of time with Shane, mm-hmm. so the opportunity for you to upset him is is really really high did you see gary lawless yesterday did you see the the gift uh behind us we were at mckenzie river yes. pizza pub and yeah. grill oh, he's a ninja <laughs> so 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 he's gonna come on the post game show and elliot and i are doing our little post game recap uh-huh. and lawless is gonna join us in the next segment but he's tra- he, for some reason he came into the restaurant on the wrong side mm-hmm. and he tried to sneak behind us yep <laughs> And he went into this crouching tiger yeah. stance and tried to run across. He was inconspicuous. <laughs> you couldn't see him. It was and, great. And the eagle eyes on the Twitter the Twitter uh, handle, I, I can't remember who it was, who yeah. spotted him and, and, and kind of sold him out like, yeah, Gary, I saw you trying to sneak by Ninja. Oh, no, no. That, I, I sold him out right away. Oh, <laughs> nice. I want the record to show that, that <laughs> I was the first person. Uh, and the most outspoken person to sell him out so, when it came to that. So the only question that I have now, and maybe you won't answer it because we know Gary is a, a listener of the program. Yeah, long-time listener. Uh, what are you, how is this going to factor into Lawless in order today? That's really all oh, I Oh, no, today nothing gets in the way of today. Our, our little feud will not usurp <laughs> the history of what we're going to witness tonight with Patrick Marlowe and Gordy Howe. Look at that. Patrick Marlowe bringing people together. Yeah, to, Wednesday, all bets are off. Like we'll, you would go that quick? We, we yeah we, we we turn it back to uh, regular time. It it'll be like uh, I feel like you got to let that one linger a little bit because mm, it's no. expected on Wednesday. Oh, oh no! It'll be we'll be back to our normal. No 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 no! Decorate. I mean I mean that in oh okay yeah you're gonna you're gonna sprinkle that yeah. that uh, ninja I'm, I'm, trick. I may throw I may show the ninja in the opening of Lawless and Order on on Wednesday <laughs> night. Uh, Nick Waugh has been rather uh, effective lately, hasn't he? He has been. He's been really, really good. And, you know, again, we, we kind of look to different different aspects of, of where the game might have taken a turn. And, and I, I look specifically to getting a chance to play with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty during Chandler Stevenson's suspension as just something that, instills a little bit of confidence in Nick Waugh. There were plays that he made in the, in that game that I think brings out a little bit more offensive confidence, and he has been very good since that stretch, since that game. He's found his scoring touch, and that's what you want. That's what you're hoping for with Nick Waugh because that's what you expected to start the year. I don't know whether it was that as much as he might have just had a come to Jesus talk with himself yeah. and said we got to get this thing going in the right direction because it's we're not breaking news here his game was in a bad spot yeah 
And for 10 games, he hadn't produced anything. And there wasn't even chances coming. And now he looks like a different player. Yeah. And and that's not hyperbole. He is a different player. The goal he scored yesterday, mm-hmm. he was the first four checker in, generated the, the turnover, and then was in the right spot. One of the one of the most beautiful and shortest passes to ever pick up an assist by Will Carrier. <laughs> and then slammed it home on, on the short side with a great shot. It was it was his influence on that forecheck and the conversion. He started it and finished it, and it was a little microcosm of, of what we've seen from, from Nick Waugh to give that fourth line. It is interesting. This, this little run that they've been on, mm-hmm. I think, speaks to the range that this organization has within its team. Cody Glass hasn't been part of it. Mm-hmm. Top prospect, getting some time with the Henderson Silver Knights. The muscle, Ryan Reeves out of the lineup on LTIR. Keegan Colasar hasn't played. They haven't. I think it's interesting that they haven't needed that as much as they've just gone out and used their skill. Now, I would, I still would take Colasar Reeves in my lineup, but it it was very effective that they just flat out outskilled teams the last four. Yeah, and, and, and they're and they're better teams than those clubs. And and that's the that's the big thing for me is is I'm kind of trying to to assess where I'm at right now with the fourth line as it's constructed with Wah and Carrier and, and Yurko for the time being, is what does that line do? What can they they do against, say, Colorado or Minnesota? And I think that we're Obviously, we're inching closer and closer to that, but the more confidence they can build as a line right now in terms of trusting their skill, in terms of trusting their ability in the offensive zone, I'm liking what I'm seeing, and I'm hopeful that it's something that that at least proves out against those other teams to be something that can be effective for the Golden Knights. Follow me here. At least they know it's there. Yeah, for sure. Like with Nick Watt, they know they've seen it firsthand this season. And last year wasn't a blip. If it was, well, then this is another blip. Sure. So they, they've witnessed it firsthand. They have something to lean on against the powerhouses. They, you can show them video. You can show them uh, examples of what they've been able to do. So on the third and the fourth line, that depth scoring that you talk about, well, it's more top, top nine, uh, you, you know that it's there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the next step is finding a way to get it out. Whereas I think two weeks ago, you were wondering, is it there? Maybe a, a month ago, you were really questioning. Carrier hadn't scored. Reeves hadn't scored. Nosek was in a funk. Mm-hmm. Nick Waugh, there was nothing going on with his game. Really, the only guy in that, in that six-person unit was Kolasar getting chances, mm-hmm. unable to finish, yep. and Alex Tuck being on a, on a real heater for a stretch. But now, fast forward a month, and Pete DeBoer can stand there and go, I know what's possible. may not happen, right. but I know what's possible. Yeah, I mean, you know it's there, and, and you know that, that it's, it's been proven to be successful. And it's just now a matter of continuing to grow it, continuing to cultivate that type of production from your bottom six. Certainly, uh, Matthias Janmark, that addition, I, I think, for the, for the third line and just how they've been able to play together, the chances that they've been able to generate, it, it goes a long way. But I think you're absolutely right. There was a, a period of time with this team where we questioned if you don't get a goal, 
from your top six yep. and Alex Tuck. Your top six and Alex Tuck. Just seven play. If you don't get a goal there, it's going to be hard to win hockey games. I think that's not really the case now with the Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. There's five players that were doing good things in the game, but nothing to help you statistically yeah. win on the scoreboard. Yeah. Uh, we're going to chat with Kelly McCrimmon tomorrow. Uh, he will join us uh, just after 4 o'clock on the VGK Insider Show. The general manager of the Golden Knights will stop by. Looking forward to that. Uh, so if you have questions or comments that you would uh, like us to pursue with the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, let us know. Uh, text or call Ryan at home. What's your, <laughs> what's your home number, Ryan? Yeah, that's not happening. 702-555-1212? Um, yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, let, me, let me just uh, send out a tweet. Okay. Does that work for you? That works for you. Or, right. or call you at home. No, no, no. No, no, no. What's your landline number? No, no, we're not going to do that. Chapman's the producer of the show. Do you have a landline? <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. It's 2021. No, who has a landline anymore? Well, I think it's good because as somebody with daughters, uh-huh. I like the, the boys calling the landline. So oh, I, okay. I, when I know I know who's on the phone, then I can pick up the extension downstairs. And, hear, and you try and do the, the subtle pickup without There's, it clicking and without them knowing... <laughs> Uh, Dad, I know you're on there. Oh, that's, that's 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 the that's you, huh? You're that guy. There's oh, not a sure. subtle bone in your body. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing not, they know right not away even a little too. Bit. Oh, my, my big line with the kids is, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, tell them to come on over and uh, just tell them to come in to the side because that's where I keep the wood chipper. So as soon as they go past the wood chipper, tell them I'm at back uh, by the pool. You ever no. see Fargo? Yes. Take a turn. Yes. <laughs> My kids don't know what a wood chipper is, but they know it's bad. <laughs> that, that was on last week, by the way. Uh, that's uh, Steve, uh, Steve Buscemi. Uh, great one. Uh, I love it. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights against the San Jose Sharks. Isn't it like there's nothing about the rivalry? This, this game is the biggest anomaly in the history of Vegas and San Jose. This game tonight. We're talking about the, the great success of the Golden Knights, mm-hmm. and we're talking about Patrick Marlowe, who is one of the classiest, coolest, just down-to-earth, but no shenanigans, plays the game hard, has yeah. played the game hard. Yeah. But when you think about all the uh, surrounding noise in this rivalry, Patrick Marlowe doesn't come up in any of it. No, not. I mean, because he, he just goes about his business. He's independent just, just of place. He's independent of the rivalry. Yeah, is, 100%. Can I say that? Yeah. I, I would think so. And I, I, I mean, he's a classy player, right? Like, there, he, doesn't, he doesn't take cheap shots. He doesn't run around out there. He just goes out and plays hockey. He plays the game hard. But he plays it the right way. And, and like, as, as much as it's, it's been this rivalry, I mean, Patrick Marlowe, really, when it got heated, was a Toronto Maple Leaf. Yeah. So it, it just does He's not ingrained in this rivalry in the same way as, say, a Joe Thornton would be, or obviously Evander Kane. We will get into the Patrick Marlowe situation, how it's going to play out tonight, and just some some facts about the significance that will put it into perspective uh, for you to get your head around what is going to happen on the ice at T-Mobile Arena tonight. Uh, That's to come in hour number two of the BGK Insider Show. But up next, as the Golden Knights try to extend their winning streak to a season-high seven games, rating the two wins against Anaheim, and what to expect tonight from Pete DeBoer's club. There's uh, one player that left the game early yesterday. We'll tell you his status. That's to come on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stone gets a stretch pass. He's in. He scores! Tucks it inside the right post. 
Mark Stone, the rare power play breakaway. Stone has a multi-point performance again, and the Knights now lead 4-2 in the last few minutes of the second period. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. That puck on the Mark Stone breakaway goal moved about 13 and a half feet side to side with that long stick as he came down on John Gibson. It's a beautiful move, and you have to, if you're a goaltender, you almost have to buy in that he's going to make that move and stand pat, and if he goes to the backhand, yeah, good. But I don't know whether you can go and keep track of the puck as Mark Stone uh, pulls off that. It was a sweep of the Anaheim Ducks following up the two wins against the Los Angeles Kings, so four in a row on the road, six games overall. The Golden Knights moving in the right direction to face a team that they've won five in a row this year, 5-0 and against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, a lot in the right direction for the Vegas Golden Knights. But let's uh, let's recap uh, what happened just with our own little rating system and give uh, everybody an idea of how we saw the two games in Anaheim. Do you want to go individually or do you want to do them as a package deal? I mean, it's the same score for both games, <laughs> yeah. so it's going to be a package deal for me. One, one was 51-16 in shots. There's a lot more competitive in game number two, but I'm with you. And, and I'm going Bob Ross because it was, it was a father-son game. And the fathers were pissed off because they'd lost the year before to the Suns, and they were going to fill them in. Uh, no, no, uh, no holding back uh, against the kids in that game. Total domination. Yeah, it's it's a Bob Ross. Come on, like it, both games were equally impressive for for different reasons. The the Golden Knights are just a better hockey team than the Anaheim Ducks. In that game on Friday, it was a no-doubter if there ever was a no-doubter from from Vegas. And you know what? You follow that up. Yeah, Anaheim pushes back a little bit. Yeah, they get more shots on goal. But really, uh, defensively, I I think this team is incredibly locked in. They're not giving up a ton of really dangerous chances. I like the direction that the Golden Knights are headed. It's two Bob Rosses in a row. I can't wait for Chapman to not award a Bob Ross. I will say this. Marc-Andre Fleury was more impactful in the game yesterday than you might think in reflecting on the scores of both games, and especially coming off that, that first encounter with the 51-16 to 16 margin. Fleury made some big saves, scrambled, uh, picked up an assist uh, as well. <laughs> but but I, Marc-Andre Fleury was full value uh, for that win last night, his 20th of the season. Now to you, Chapman. Yeah, I'm not going to be that guy. They're both Bob Ross. Today, I mean, you're like, not going to be the gay, that well, guy today. As much as I like to critique and be very critical, there, there's nothing for me to be critical of. I mean, they they completely from the from the second period of the LA game on, they they shut teams down. And yeah, yesterday the Ducks, like Ryan said, they had a little they 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 were a little more. They did a flying V, Chapman. Yeah, well, they needed a little more than that. I mean, look, I I, I can't go against either of what you guys said. They're both really really fantastic games by the Golden Knights. Robin Leonard gets another shutout. Hard to believe that's only his second regular season shutout, but uh, as a member of the Golden Knights, I yeah. should say. But uh, yeah, I mean, really impressive efforts, top to bottom, just fantastic. And and. Alec Martinez is is a monster. Like I, I I read on Twitter that I guess yesterday during the game, there were Golden Knight fans in attendance that kept chanting "Warrior" every time he blocked the shot. Seven block shots in a game. The man the man puts his body on the line every single game. I I, I love watching him play. Where are you guys in block shots, and and that philosophy? 
where am I? You know, it's it's interesting because I think it depends on the goalie, right? Like, mm. I think it depends on what the goaltender wants you to do in front of him. Because block shots are great, but you never want to have that moment where you don't get all the puck or you change the trajectory and it goes in. I think that if you can get guys to do it and they do it as well as Alec Martinez does, block as many as you can conceivably block. When it comes to say Mark Stone or Max Pacioretty, I, I don't like it because they're too valuable to have come out of the lineup. And that's not but Martinez is kind of that, that way and, too, right? And it's not to say that Martinez isn't as valuable yeah. as those guys, but when, when, you, when you're looking to Mark Stone and Pacioretty and the impact that they have on a game scoring, and it's really difficult to use with Martinez because he's been so good this year. Um, I don't ever want to see anyone go out of the lineup because of a block shot, but you know, you, you got to put your body through some stuff in the playoffs for sure. During the regular season, I, I, I take a softer stance on it. I, I think that you have to trust in your goaltenders to make some saves, and um, it's always nice to get a block, but if you don't get one and, and you kind of escape injury because of it, that's, that's a good thing. I've never had the conversation with Pete DeBoer. I look forward to picking his brain on this uh-huh. because there are some coaches that I've had chats with who don't want their players doing anything close to blocking shots. Yeah. Unless you're on the fourth line. No, stay away. Yeah. Like, just it's not worth it. That's what the goalie's for. There's always the line that they're. What? Why has he got all that gear on? Just get out of the way. Yeah, it's funny. And then, there's, then there's other coaches who, like, if you're if you're the fourth liner or you're the first liner, everybody's in the same boat. You get in front of the shot, no matter what. You whatever it takes to get in front of that puck, you do it. Whether it's game one, game thirty three, or game fourteen of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You better be doing it. Uh, Pete appears to be uh, not closer to that line, but, I mean, nobody's shying away from blocking shots on this team. So it, that appears to be the, the philosophy that I'm, that I'm witnessing on it. You, you bring up goaltenders and, and what they want. Mm-hmm. Like Dominic Hasek famously didn't want anybody in front of him. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the famous uh, phrase is, must see, can't see, must see. Can't, it was what players would hear all around the cage from Dominic Hasek. I don't, awesome. I don't do a very good Dominic Hasek impersonation. No, but that, that's, what, that's what he would say. Get out of the way. Let me see the puck. And uh, I, I, I have much more of a chance to stop it uh, with just my own eyes and my own abilities than – with you trying to block it. And I appreciate that you're going to block it and try and block it, but mm-hmm. uh, I would rather you not be there. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you get the shot, great. But if you don't, then it makes mm-hmm. the save that much more difficult for the well, goaltender. Well, even yesterday, a puck went off Martinez's skate, mm-hmm. hit the post, outside the post. It's it's not a perfect science. I, I, I'm not sure where I am really, really on it. I, I mean, I can I can talk myself into it and I can talk myself out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm kind of in that in that spot. Like, there are are some players I absolutely don't want blocking shots. I, I you know, I don't want. Just go stand over there. I, I listen. No, not I, you. I'm no, just no, no, talking no, about no, the star no, player. No, no, for sure. But, yeah. but I, I mean, again, like, I, I, I'll trade off a goal that's going to go, than than having to go four, five, six, seven games without the foot injury or hand injury. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I would rather everybody be healthy and give up two or three more goals. And some guys just aren't very good at it. Well, there's that, too. And they they put themselves in peril because they're terrible at it. Yeah. And they're going to get hurt because they're so bad at it. 
I mean, I, I trust in Alec Martinez to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, he's really good at it. Yeah, exactly. He knows what he's doing. Exactly. The, the players that, that don't want to be doing it in the first place and then are bad at it <laughs> and, and, and end up trying to lie down and block the shot, but they're facing the goalie because they don't want to get hurt and they leave themselves completely exposed in the back of the leg. In the back. Like, those are the guys, like, okay, don't, don't even try. Yeah. Yeah, but they know Torts is gonna re- reel them, uh, <laughs> rail on them when they get back to the bench. So they're gonna try and do something. Yeah, I mean, in that situation, I do not want Patrick Laine blocking shots. Right. I just I don't. I, I want him. I want him scoring goals. I do not want him worried about blocking shots. Chapman, you wanted to jump in. Yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of it's a little late now, but it's it's funny that Ryan brought up changing the trajectory of the puck because we saw that twice within the last week, one in a VGK game and one in a Henderson Silver Knights game where uh, Alec Petrangelo, Alex Petrangelo scored a goal on a deflected puck that hit a stick. And then, of course, yep. the game winner for Henderson against Tucson on Thursday night where uh, it deflected up and out of the reach of the goalie over his shoulder and into the yeah, net. For... tried to go-go gadget arm it, <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it didn't work. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's I'm, I'm a proponent of it. I like it, but there definitely are risks involved. And like Ryan said, if I ever got like Patrick Laine or Max Pacioretty out there who are such prolific goal scorers, I don't want them taking pucks off the inside of their leg. I don't want them taking pucks. But it has to be a philosophy. Like you, you're sort of either in mm-hmm. yeah, or you're, it's, you're, you're it's, out. It's tough. I mean, I, I like my defenseman being really active when it comes to blocking shots. We see McNabb do it. We see, obviously, uh, Martinez do it. But I think there's... Uh, uh, now, now, you, now you threw me off, but yeah, I, I like it. I like guys blocking shots. Squirrel, yeah. Like, like for me, I, I want, I want the forwards to to make plays with their sticks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I want them to to really try to extend out and, and take those either passing lanes away, or if they can get a stick on a shot, get your stick on the shot. But I don't want forwards laying out in front of shots and, and trying to block them, especially as you mentioned, if they're not good at it, but, then you run the risk of injury. But I understand that philosophically. That's just the buy. That might and you be the buy-in. You see it from from teams. It's yeah. a huge emotional boost yeah. when you do it right, and I, and and you block a shot mm-hmm. and and you pay your that price out there. The the bench erupts. It's almost as good of, as as a goal sometimes emotionally to a team and respect from from your teammates. And I also feel like it changes in in various aspects, and it shouldn't really be this way. When you when you talk about the playoffs, because you shouldn't want your star players going out and blocking more shots in the playoffs, because there's a greater risk of injury. But at the same time, every game means so much more in the playoffs that you look to any edge that you can get, and blocking shots could be that edge between winning and losing. So, it's one of those things where if you're going to block a shot, I just don't want you to get hurt, and that's really where it where it kind of ends. Like. As long as you can get through a game blocking shots without getting hurt, then do what you got to do. Or don't block shots. I just don't want anybody getting hurt. I'm going to finish the put a bow on this, finish the conversation by asking a question that may sum up this entire conversation on where, where the Golden Knights are in their philosophy, mm-hmm. philosophical approach to blocking shots. Who's the best shot blocker among Golden Knight forwards? I don't have an answer. There's, there's the answer. I don't have an answer. Yeah, I, it's, it's it's they 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 defend with pressure, mm-hmm. and Martinez and the the blue liners will block shots. Yeah, but 
you don't see a lot of forwards going down and 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 lying down or one knee or getting in the in in that lane to necessarily block shots they defend very much on their skates with their sticks mm -hmm. and and not the other way so we I probably should have asked that question at the very start and, and would have saved us, but it was a very entertaining conversation, and I enjoyed that part of it. But am I right on that, that, that they, they really do defend in a different way with their forwards mm -hmm. when it comes to getting in, in the way of pucks? Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, when you ask that question today, I, I, I think genuinely I, I started thinking about that forward core, and I, I don't – I can't give you one name. Now, I can tell you who's who's the leading forward on the Golden Knights in block shots. Mark Stone? No. Plays on his line, though. Pacioretty? Pacioretty. Chandler Stevenson. Oh, okay. Oh. Stevenson, so, Carlson, then Pacioretty. So, and it's interesting because had you asked that year one, Pierre-Edward Belmar, that mm -hmm. would have been the answer because that was more the role that he was playing in. And and we we come to expect that from him as a player. But right now with the Golden Knights, I, I think I think that kind of sums it up. I don't really mm -hmm. remember the last time I saw a forward on this team extend out to make a block. In my head, I go stone. Uh, I know Max Pacioretty has blocked shots that I've seen, but that might be because he's hobbled after, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and that's why it sticks in my head. Uh, William Carlson, to me, is a guy that could do it, very well he's so quick and is such a great defender and has such incredible uh anticipation to the game but as far as doing the full-on lie down sellout uh unless it's the the end of a, of a game when there's a like a six on five type situation i don't see the golden knights doing much of it or i don't recall the golden knights doing much of it uh because of the way that they defend you're much more effective on your skates by yeah, the way well, yes Alec Martinez, mm -hmm. obviously the team leader in, in, in block shots. Mm -hmm. However, he's more than double the second guy on the team. 137 block shots for Alec Martinez. Number two on the list is Alex Petrangelo, who has 64. Where where would Alec Martinez be in the league, Mr. Uh, keyboard? Now that you got it out there and you're... You're showing off, Mr. and I, statistics, and, and that was a great, uh, great drop in and a solid work there by uh, producer Chris Chapman, uh, coming up with the forwards and who was the leader among block shots. But uh, Martinez among the league is is also uh, a, a great uh, uh, leader when it comes to getting in the way of these pucks. He, and he does it honestly. He does it quietly. Yeah, he he does it in a different way. Than a lot of guys in the pad, like Craig Ludwig, I think of of him and those those two foot shin pads that he used to wear, uh, and, and other uh, defensemen that would uh, just uh, be almost uh, chaotic out there so when it comes to shot blocks. I have the statistic for you. Okay, according to ESPN, mm -hmm. Alec Martinez is first yes. in the league in block shots. Number two, Adam Larson. He's a hun He's he's twenty four. Block shots behind Martinez. That's, that's a big gap. That's a bigger gap than I thought it would be. I knew Martinez was first, but I didn't realize that it was that it was. Uh, we're talking twenty plus. Yeah, one thirty-seven uh, to one thirteen. Oh, doing math too, Chappie. I know. How about that? Unbelievable. Good on you. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we continue, the Patrick Marlowe story from here at T-Mobile perspective about what is going to happen on the ice at the Fortress tonight. 
as the Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks square off in one of the strangest, uh, more surreal encounters that they've had in the four years of the Golden Knights uh, franchise history. But up next, good news of the day as we roll on from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show. The good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit, and you've got to give credit where it's due. The Vancouver Canucks are the talk of the hockey world, and with good reason. Vancouver returned to play Sunday night after a month-long pause due to COVID-19. Vancouver took the ice against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto took an early lead in the game, had a two-goal lead late into the second period. Then, Bo Horvat, captain of the Canucks, scores. Braden Holpe makes a miraculous save midway through the third period to keep it a one-goal game. Niels Hoglander scored shortly thereafter, and Horvat, with his second of the night, wins it in overtime. What a fantastic ending to this, this COVID pause, this, this saga that, that it really the Canucks had to go through and get to the other side and how fitting is it that their first game back is against the Leafs and they find a way to win. It's a very Leafs type performance. But but for everybody that's talking about how beautiful it was and how uplifting the game was Vancouver won because their goaltender played out of his mind and he managed to in through no effort of his own block the view of a puck that was clearly in the net, but you oh, can't prove that was in the net. He knew exactly and, what he was doing. And they they got a couple of breaks their way. The, the goaltender made the difference. Tor- Toronto did everything they were supposed to do in the game. Mm-hmm. They got goalied, which I think everybody can relate to uh, around here when it comes to the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> they got purely goalied. Surprised it wasn't Thatcher Demko, but Braden Holpe. This wasn't Thatcher Demko didn't even dress I, that's because what I'm he's still like, dealing with the uh, the symptoms or coming off of, of COVID. But that that game wasn't the Vancouver Canucks players skaters mm-hmm. getting through it and and finding a way to to bust through the symptoms and the fatigue and the uh, and the lack of oxygen that you would uh, would have after not playing for a while. Mm-hmm. That was a goalie just doing his thing. They all count the same. It, yeah, it, and look, it's good. But as, as a friend of mine uh, said on Twitter, Damian Cox, said, great story, love, love that the, what Vancouver did, uplifting, but for Vancouver fans like sounding off about this mm-hmm. and getting their peacock feathers out, you're still 25 <laughs> points behind the Maple Leafs. Now, I think it's 24, but uh, let's, let's have some perspective, and we'll see what Vancouver has tomorrow night. I don't have a, a dog in this fight, mm-hmm. and I, I texted back and forth with, the coach Travis Green. I, I think it was a good, a, a great result for a program that uh, that had been in in peril uh, uh, during this this process. Yeah, and they were hit hard by this thing. Symptoms, uh, along with the, the players being off the ice. Mm-hmm. Symptoms of COVID, uh, along with being away from the game for three weeks. It was great, but look, Vancouver's not making the playoffs. No, probably not. But this was a great moment for. For Vancouver and Braden Holpe's uh, Hashik role was just phenomenal. Come on, like that was great. They don't teach that in goalie school anymore. They should. They should this summer. 
Eli Wilson you, goaltending should should be they should be teaching that up in uh, in Canada. Why don't you teach it? Oh, I do a lot of barrel rolls. Do you? Yeah, they don't work out like that. What? I we mean, have to roll over just to get up. Is that? <laughs> That's like out of bed. I do that. I do that out of bed. No, no, no. I mean, like on the ice. Do you do it on the ice? When I fall, which is quite often. often yes. Yeah. <laughs> we all do it. My, my my favorite play of the year though isn't isn't that. Saved by Holpe, and it isn't one of Mark Andre Fleury's. It is still Robin Leonard doing the panda roll uh, a couple of weeks ago. That is still my favorite. Yeah, it, it's an interesting one with with Robin Leonard because I remember I know exactly what you're talking about. It was essentially a breakdancing move just to get up, mm-hmm. and then the I think a goal was scored was. shortly thereafter. Yeah. And and it's it was unfortunate for me because I had a tweet ready to go about Robin Leonard breakdancing to get back into position, and I had to delete it. Because yeah. a goal was scored. Yeah, I know. Uh, we we went through it uh, on the post game show because we, there was enough separation between <laughs> when it happened and when we could <laughs> we could show it. I think Darren Elliott was with me that night. Oh. We're like, we're showing that for sure. That yeah. was out, outstanding. And the the uh, the the gifts uh, on on the internet of the mm-hmm. panda doing the roll yeah. and then Robin Leonard doing it uh, was awesome. But th- that was some good news, and I, I'm happy for for the players. But let's not make it out to be more than it is. It's a result and. I have a feeling that tonight mm-hmm. they play again. Two games in, in back-to-back nights after you haven't played for three weeks. It will be different. Zach Hyman, uh, yeah. he's out for a couple of weeks uh, after that. We'll have more on that in the uh, one-timer segment. Yep. That was the good news of the day brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. Coming up next, Patrick Marlowe gets set to break Gordie Howe's record, which has stood for 59 years. The San Jose forward about to play 1,678 yeah, games in the NHL. We'll have a lot of focus on that. And the Golden Knights try to chase down sole possession of first place in the Honda West. It's our number two of the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.